David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Elliot, I make it in studio today, and all I see is... An empty chair? An empty chair. Unless it's the invisible woman, what's going on here? Well, we, we do have a lovely lady on today. She just doesn't happen to be in the studio. How's that? I'm going to cry. Again? Anyway, I was out in Los Angeles and had the opportunity to interview the lovely Pilar Lascra, Playboy Playmate, fantasy football expert. So if you're into fantasy football or beautiful women, here's Pilar Lastra. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris. As you can tell, that's not Elliot Harris <laughs> or David Spada. I'm Elliot Harris. David Spada is someplace doing lawyerly stuff. And with us today, we have the lovely Pilar Lastra. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, guys. Playboy Playmate, August 2004. Yeah. And you... You look as good now as you did then. Oh, you are what, what, too kind. <laughs> what, what, what is the secret uh, to eternal youth and beauty? I think it's drink a lot of rum and laugh a lot. Am I allowed to say that? Do kids sure. watch this? Otherwise, I yeah. take that back. Nah, nobody. <laughs> is it in that? Do you have to do the drinking or the laughing first, or does it matter as long as you're... I, I think together, together, or maybe at all, all time. <laughs> maybe a little of one helps the other? Okay. <laughs> Once again, you are a fantasy football expert. Yes. On? On the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Channel. My show is called Playboy Fantasy Football Show. And it is at what time, what day? It's every Thursday, starting the very last Thursday of August. Um, And we are Thursday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so if you're not out out here in lovely Los Angeles, you got to figure it out. Yeah, it's it's going to be. The good thing is that this year we're going to be on after the Thursday night night games. There's okay. so many Thursday night games this time around. Um, last year kind of sucked because we were in the show while you know we were still like I would say at least halfway into the Thursday night game. So. So you don't have to worry about the Thursday night, or, or do you have to worry about the Thursday night game a week in advance? Well, I mean, when you're in fantasy, fantasy football, I think you're worried about every game of week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to succeed in, in fantasy football. I tell people, don't worry, worry about your bye weeks. The week of your bye week, you need to start worrying about them at least the week before. Start making those picks on the waiver wire. You know, don't, don't. I mean, everybody knows who they're going to pick up that week. You got to snag them the week before. So. July, you had your fantasy draft. I, that makes no sense to me. I'm, I'm not a fantasy expert, but I'm going, how, how are you supposed to know in July who's even going to be on the roster it's, come it's, opening weekend? It's tough, but compared to last year, um, Sirius had their celebrity fantasy football draft so early that we were still in the middle of a lockout, it seemed like. <laughs> Look up the individual. So easier to draft this year. At least the NFL wasn't in a lockout, but 
you know, you, you go with your gut, and it only becomes hard, I would say, after like the sixth and seventh round. You know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen literally in August or, you know, the end of August when the rosters are, are finalized and, you know, free agents are picked up and it's... Tio's now in Seattle. I would have picked him up had I known if that. If only he, you knew. If, if only I knew, you know. But And Tio's such a great player to pick up because he's great for the first year that he's with a team. And after that, he's Forget it. no bueno. So he only said well, I don't think he's going to be. He, if he lasts the season, I think he'll be lucky. But I don't see. He, at this point in his career, it's a, a season here, a season there. Right. and. But he's typically really good for the first year with a new team. He, I, I think that there's something that lights a fire with T.O. that he just comes back out like a bat out of hell. Can I say that? I think you just did. If not, just believe it. Sorry. I, I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> a, a bat out of hell it is. Who was your first pick? Arian Foster. <laughs> Gee, that was a tough one. It was. It really, really was. And I mean, I didn't know if I wanted to pick Arian Foster or Ray Rice, you know, because... Arian Foster went vegan. <laughs> you think that'll hurt his game? Um, I think it could, it could definitely change some factors. I think Arian Foster's a, a smart enough player to realize that if his eating habits are going to start affecting the way he plays and the way he makes his money, then I'm sure he'll go back to eating meat. But I know when I went vegetarian, not vegan, I got incredibly skinny. I mean, I dropped like 20 pounds in less than two months. So, was that the object or not? No, I, would, I wasn't even. You just wanted to, to be healthier. Just, yeah, I wanted to get like you know all the hormones and stuff out of my body. I just wanted to be healthy and eat clean, and, and I, my body needed meat. So, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about Harry Foster going vegan. So is this where I say it doesn't look like you're a vegan anymore? Am I far enough away that yeah, I don't? Well, get, I, I, I mean, what, what are you trying to say? What are you I'm trying, trying to, to say? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to say you look really good. Do so real women have curves? Yes. <laughs> I, I think the answer to that is yes. Yes? Yes. Who did, Maurice Jones-Drew was part of this draft. The Miz, the wrestler, was part of this draft. Yes. Artie Lang. Yes. Oh, Artie. Oh, he has something else. I, he definitely picked on me more than anybody, but I was happy to see him in the mix. Well, you know, he's probably, a, he's probably a lonely guy. You were the only girl there, you know. Well, he had his twins, um, two beautiful blondes, come in and draft for him after he had to leave. So I don't know why nobody picked on them, but Maurice Jones-Drew actually felt a little bad for me, and so he was picking on the blondes for, for a brief moment after that. <laughs> he was like, you know, you're at least picking brightly. They're not so much. So. Maurice Jones-Drew had the first pick in the draft. First pick. And he took... I'll give you one wild guess who he took. Uh, if I guess Maurice Jones drew, I'd probably be right. Yes, yes. Well, he, he has to, for if nothing else, ego purposes, correct? Yes, I, I think we all were anticipating for him to pick first. Um, but it would have been awesome had he picked like he was anybody else but Maurice Jones drew, because then I wouldn't have had the dilemma of having to pick between Ray Rice and, and Foster. But. He still put the burden of, of me going back and forth, and I ended up with Boston. I'm not complaining, but yeah, it was very, very brave of Maurice Jones Drew to pick himself, considering his holdout situation. Uh, 
going to say. He, he must have known that he wasn't going to hold out all season. Yeah, I, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, whatever Maurice Jones-Drew decides right now is going to let us know whether or not he's going to continue to hold out or not. And he took himself, so clearly he wants to play. So that's your running back. Your and he's very confident in, in his team this year. I mean, he's... He's thinking LeBron Robinson's going to have a great year. I actually picked up LeBron Robinson late, late in the draft, and I was excited about that. Had I known that T.O. was going to come on board, I would have picked T.O. because, I mean... Is there a supplemental draft or anything like that for... Uh... I'm sure that once everything's set up, we can add and drop players, no. but... Your quarterback? Matt Ryan. And I'm happy with that. I'm very excited for... For Matty Ice this year, I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's actually going to be a very solid, you know, producing quarterback as far as the world of fantasy. Top receiver? I got Andre Johnson. <laughs> Boy. I mean, you're, I had a killer is this draft. Where, is this where I see you're stacked and I'm referring to the fantasy <laughs> roster? I am. I'm going to have a little bit of a problem come um, Houston's bye week. But, yeah, I got really lucky with, you know, both Aaron Foster and Andre Johnson. The one player that I, I'm i a little afraid of is going to be Calvin Johnson this year, just because I'm a firm believer in the Madden curse. I, I think it just comes down to the players end up having just a number of just bad luck coincidences the same year that they're on the Madden cover, so... I mean, you look at Peyton Hillis, and that was, I mean, it was just bad luck. But would he had so much bad luck if he wasn't part of the Madden curse? I don't know. But sure. it, it did make him a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> and if he has a killer year this year, I'm going to say it's the Madden curse. Okay. <laughs> but if anybody can break the Madden curse, it's going to be Megatron. So we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen with him. How do you like your team compared to the other teams that got drafted? I think I did really, really well this year. Um, everybody is definitely saying that the two top teams to be the ones to beat are myself and the Guru Johns. Um, the one thing that I liked about my draft this year versus last year on the Sirius and the fantasy football draft was that I think I stayed a little more focused on what my plan of attack was. And I had Adam Ronis from Roto Experts, who's a dear friend of mine, um, draft with me. And I told him, I was like, Adam, I have got my cheat sheet. I put a lot of thought into this. Everything is there for a reason, like based on defenses, based on every method to my madness that I firmly believe in. Do not let me stray from this. And there was a couple times that I was like, I think I might want to, you know, finish stacking up on wide receivers. He was like, according to your, your cheat sheet, you do not need another wide receiver right now. So it was great drafting with him because sometimes so I go everywhere. So you're drafting beyond how they look in tight pants? Um, you know, I, I tell people that that's an okay theory to stick with. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady looks amazing in tight pants, and he typically produces, what, 28 fantasy points a week? I mean, <laughs> you can draft that way, but no, I didn't. <laughs> Where, where does all this accumulated knowledge come from? Um, well, I grew up just loving football in general. And then about eight years ago, I started playing fantasy football. And I won 
the league, and I thought it was just beginner's luck, and I did it again the second year, and I'm so competitive, I won again, and I won five years in a row, and the crazy thing is that the second that I get my fantasy football show on the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel, my winning streak comes to like a screeching halt, and I think I'm so busy just trying to win the league for everybody else that I forget my own league. So I'm, I'm trying to come back with a vengeance this, week, this year, but I'm just so competitive, and I, I love, you know, I love watching football. I watch all the games to begin with. Now it's just a little different because I'm screaming at the television, and I can no longer appreciate it when my Dallas Cowboys make a touchdown if I have Jason Witten as my tight end because I need it to be, you know, so many yards received by Witten and then ran it. It's just... It's a nightmare. It really doesn't make Wadi football ball fun anymore. And then being out here in California, you have to get up so early on a Sunday morning. Crazy early. I mean, but 9.45 yeah. is when my alarm clock is set. For those games that start at, what, 10 o'clock here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like so. roll out of bed, or not even roll out of bed, just find the remote. And yeah, just find the remote. That's all I do. I wake up at least 50 minutes early to start the coffee pot, and then I'm golden. So do you calculate the points in your head as the game goes along, or how does that um, work for you? Only when I'm concerned about my opponent. And a lot of times, I always have Robbie Gold as my kicker because... Because he's, he's so cute. No, he's a, he's a very dear friend of mine, but no, I can't say that that's why I picked him. Um, he's very consistent and very accurate. Yes, exactly. That's why, that's why I pick him. I mean, the, the guy makes, you know... What, more, a little more than 80% of his kicks. and I mean, for years, Robbie Gold puts up more points than any other offensive player on the Chicago Bears. Well, that hasn't been saying a whole lot. <laughs> There's some you seasons know. where he was the offense. Yeah, but I mean, the thing with Robbie Gold is that, you know, he's definitely going to get put in a situation where he's going to get get the points on kicking the over 50 field goals, so over 50-yard field goals, so games when I'm like, oh, great, really? I'm relying on my kicker who's like, Robbie, like, no pressure, buddy, but right. I really need you to get me, like, those, those 11 points that I know you can get me, you get them. Any other Bears on your team? Um, not this year, although I think Brandon Marshall is a great Bear to pick up this year. I mean, I think that, um, you know, they'll find the chemistry again between him and, and Jay Cutler, so... Brandon Marshall should be very excited for the year that I, I think he's going to have. Well, a lot of people in Chicago are hoping that that's the case. I don't think they've had a receiver like that since ever. Yeah, no, it's it's been a while, but, I mean, they were such a dynamic duo in the past. I think they'll be able to find their chemistry. In addition to football, fantasy football, you are the esteemed author of Treat Me Like Your Car. Yes. And that means check under the hood every 3,000 miles or something? No. <laughs> yes. Scheduled mandatory maintenance is part of the concept behind the book. I mean, the book is called Treat Me Like Your Car. It's a man's guide to treating a lady. And what I do in there is I, I use automobiles and automotive terms, the world of cars, to 
you know, to, to use as analogies to relationship issues and dating issues and understanding, you know, how to treat a lady in a universal language that both men and women can understand. And the way that I see it is that it doesn't matter whether you treat your car really, really great or really, really poorly. There's bare minimum scheduled maintenance that, that must be done to your car for your car to keep running. And, you know, a relationship is just like a car. If you... You know, the better you take care of it, the better you treat it, the longer it's going to last. So, people just ask me on Twitter because I'm really hard on my cars. That, <laughs> I was going to say, know, guys have been known to trade in their cars, you know. And, and that's okay. You can trade them in all you want, but there's still responsibility that you need to accept. I mean, if you trade in your car before your lease is over, you're hit with penalties. You're losing money left and right. You can do that all you want, but... There's some type of responsibility. Look, you can drive it and drive it straight into a pole, drive it, wreck it, and then just abandon it. But, you know, there's still some sort of responsibility that you're going to have to take for the car. So if a guy asks you out on a date, do you give him a book or tell him to go to the library, tell him to go to the bookstore? No. Re read my book first? No, actually. Or does that come after the first date? No, no. I never <laughs> tell a guy to read my book because I think a lot of guys think that because I wrote this book on how to treat a lady, it means that that's how I want to be treated. And while, yes, it, there's a lot of things in there that I feel I'd like to be treated that way as far as a guy always opening up my car door, but I took all the um, main issues that I heard all the playmates that I work with complain about and all the you know 26 girls from Deal or No Deal for all 300 episodes complain about. And then on my radio show, when the guys would call in and they would complain about like their wives, their girlfriends, I took all those main that their, their wives and girlfriends? Well, that oh. was probably part of the problem. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I, I took all the issues that were always recurring with people, and those are the ones that I touched on. So it's not how to treat Pilar, it's, it's how to treat a lady. But you are a lady. Uh -huh. We should establish that first and foremost. Yes, yes, I am a lady. But Not guys, guys really do. They they pick up the book and then they think that it's you know a prerequisite right. to taking me out on a date. And it's funny because I can pick it up. It's it's almost like when guys read the turn on section of my data sheet from when I first became a playmate, and I think I put like you know back rubs and sushi, and then that's what they have planned as my first date. You know. Long walks along the beach. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 You're absolutely right. So we we grow as we continue on this journey of life. You're not the same girl that you. Uh were in 04 um, in some ways? Well, I've definitely evolved. I still like sushi and back rubs. <laughs> as long as it's not a back rub, it's a sushi. Right. That would be a problem. Any chance deal or no deal returns? I, I miss the briefcase models. What can I say? I miss deal or no deal. I miss the briefcase models uh, because I felt that that was, you know, a, an extended part of my family. Um well, and, I wish we would come back. You've seen game nice. shows like The Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, go on for decades. Forever. Huh. You know, we, I, mean, I mean, we left and we still had very, very high ratings, but, I mean, Howie's doing really well right now in America's Got Talent, and so, you know, I, I don't see him ever leaving America's Got Talent to come back and do Deal or No Deal. So, I don't, you never know. You never so know. you find somebody else to host Deal or No Deal. 
Yeah, I guess you could go with that school of thought. But look what happened when you know Drew Carey came onto the Price is Right. Not, he not the same. It's not yeah, Bob Barker. Not the same. You know, and, and I like Drew Carey he, a lot, but it's it, it's not it's right. not the same. And I mean, we had 300 episodes, and people really did get to love Howie and his Howieisms, and you know everything is germaphobicness, right? All, all that stuff. So I, it would be very very hard to replace him. It'd be some tough shoes to fill. And I don't think anybody could learn our names like Howie did. Oh, he actually knew everybody's name. I mean, yeah. Or, or- <laughs> Have you ever called a girl by the wrong name? I think it only happened like once or twice and he learned his lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you learned that one real quickly. Yeah, no, they made it very easy for him. You know, they kept us pretty much in the same spot every time. and you know, They probably gave him a chart. He could memorize that. Oh, yeah. And we were always talking to him. He got his makeup done in the same place we got our makeup done. So he was always around us. Although you guys looked a lot better, better with makeup on than he did, I don't. Maybe that's just my my perspective on the whole thing. I don't. He know. was in and out a lot faster than we were. That's for sure. Playboy's Midsummer Night Party. Was, yes, just happened. You were there. I was there. I kept waiting for my my invitation. I, I, it must have gotten lost somewhere it along the. I thought they faxed it to you. You know, I almost ended up. It'll probably be at home when I get back to Chicago. I'm sure it will. How, how was it? It was absolutely beautiful. This year um, was Arabian Nights theme. And I, I, for the past couple years, I feel that it's been the Arabian Nights theme. But this year, it was like Arabian Nights meets Avatar. I mean, the d- decor was beautiful. And there were so many playmates. I mean, I, I mean, at least at least 30 playmates were there. This was a huge reunion for us. So what did you wear, or did you just get I something, or did they paint something on you in? No, no, I wore a onesie. I've been going to Playboy parties for eight years now, and uh, I had a, a very cute velour onesie made with a little butt flap in the back and a big rabbit head and rhinestones. But, um, yeah, I definitely Your, your closet filled with outfits like that? With onesies? Yeah. Onesies are the ones that are, like, from your feet. Right. Right, and it zips all the way up. It's like a bodysuit or whatever. Yeah, but it's like the ones that the kids wear. (laughs) There's nothing sexy about it. If my closet looked like that, no. No. No, 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 no. Neither does my pajama drawer. Okay, so this this is more normal attire? This is... Um, Yeah, little short dresses, summer dresses. I would think that. But I wanted to go just come be this year and, you know. So do you step back from that whole scene and just survey it and and say how surreal it all is and then participate in it, or how does that work? Well, I never step back. I feel like I'm always participating. <laughs> um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I think I, I might look around me and be like, this is seriously my life. Like, you know, when you've been in such a wonderful opportunity for so long, it's not that you take it for granted at all, because I'm very blessed and very grateful for the opportunities that I've been given, mixed with all of my hard work. Um, but sometimes I do look around and I'm like, oh, snap, this is really cool. Once a playmate, always a playmate. Is that the way it works? Yes, always a playmate. But I will say, you know, people think that, like, oh, as a, as a Playboy playmate, my coolest experience is getting to go to the mansion or hanging out with half, you know, because I, I go up there pretty much every Sunday um, for dinner and a movie, fun in the sun. And honest, 
honestly, though, the best part of being a Playboy Playmate is the fact that I've gotten to drive everything from a hybrid to a Bugatti. Didn't I see some YouTube video of you yes. doing that? When I had my car culture show, Hot Laps. I mean, I've traveled the world getting to drive some really fast and really badass cars. So what was the badass-ass car you ever drove? Um, I would say the Bugatti. How fast did you get it going? 130. But that wasn't the first It was in a 125 it. zone, though, right? It was. It was. It was about 128, to be correct, was what the zone was. So I was only speeding by two miles. But, um, I mean, there's there's some other cars that I've had a lot of fun in. We had the Dodge Challenger. We took an all-American road trip up the, the one, the Coast High, PCH Highway. And, I mean, that one... I always like to describe that one. From 0 to 70, the car is heavy. From 75 to 80, the car is comfortable. From 80 to 150, that car feels amazing. I mean, at 150, that car can handle everything. And who would have known? On the coast highway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't have a few turns, right? Safety first. I mean, there's some there's some times that I was between the zero and seventy five right. zone. I mean, don't get me wrong here. So, <laughs> woo! Is, I was going to say, does it float? No. No. We don't want to find out. No. What can we expect from you next? Um, well, well, I've got a, a lot of different projects in the works. You know, we're working. They're on, all top secret, though. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I say never count your, egg, never count the chickens, chickens until be- eggs before eggs, they hatch or right, something like something that. Something about the eggs and the chickens, and never count them all before they hatch. That saying until it happens. So, um, but I am. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I've been approached to get back into the world of acting, which is awesome because that's where my career first started. Um, you know, and I, I look back at the time when I was working in Las Vegas on NBC and when my contract was up, then they sent me over to Deal or No Deal. So for a long time, I was working as a model and, you know, just never had the time to go back into acting. So there's a couple things that have presented themselves. So the timing is right with the football season coming up, then I'll get to work on them. If not, then maybe in the off season. So you're more than a two-dimensional uh character here you can walk you right. can talk yes yes well people that listen to my radio show know that i can talk um people that read my book know that i can talk and uh people that watch deal or no deal know that i am great at standing oh, oh. like this and i'm an amazing clapper <laughs> but yeah and i'm also working on a new um on a new sports site where we help people who like to place friendly wagers, um, you know, give them some inside tips. I'm working with a with a great team of, of people who were really good at their predictions. It's a sports prediction company, and we've got some really hot girls that are involved in this. So. That, that's right okay. around the corner. And their function is to, to what? When you lose, you don't feel so bad? You know what? Sometimes eye candy is the best way to capture anybody's attention when you have something solid to say. We, we would never resort to anything like that. Oh, right? Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. <laughs> right? We wouldn't do no. Never. Never. Never in a million years. Never. What do you get for winning the football league? 
uh, other uh, than the, the pride of victory. This they give you a little trophy. For serious and for the serious XM fantasy draft. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Mike the Miz. From no, I've, I've seen him wrestle. Incredible guy. I wouldn't get on his, wouldn't wouldn't want to be on his bad side. He loved to boast and prance around with his little trophy that he wins and yada, yada, yada. And his name is on the plaque next to it. I mean, every year they, they put on this little plaque the name of the person who won. And I would just be so happy being the person that does not allow Mike the Miz to get his name on their back to back. I mean, this is like the Indy 500 for us now. That's the level that he just took it to. Outstanding. Well, I'll keep hoping they bring back uh, Deal or No Deal. You and I both. I'll I'll wait for you. You doing another book? I am. I'm working on a novel this time. Uh, A novel. About a former Playboy Playmate who was on a program where she held a metal briefcase. No. People know I can talk. <laughs> can you give away a little bit of what the novel is? Um, it's going to be very much like Narnia. It's, it, there's definitely going to be a... Um, the hero is... Only more successful. <laughs> and, and the movie. Well, yes. And all the little toys. Yes, yes. But it's, it's going to be, you know, the main character is a dog. So. What type? Um, I don't think I've established that. I just have him as a as a mutt right now. So I have the outline of the book. Now it's you know painting the walls of the house to giving it color. So it's in the beginning stages. But I cry during the outline. So does my book agent. Is that so a good is that a good, good sign or a bad sign? Well, I, I think it tugs on a lot of strings of the heart, or it tugs on heart strings or whatever that saying. That's what it is. Well, when it gets done, we'll look forward to reading it. Awesome. I can't wait for it to be done. I'll send you a copy. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, Lastra, thank you for your time. Continued success. And, you know, you couldn't come to Chicago last time you were on the show, so we had to come out to Los Angeles. Well, I'm glad you guys made it here. It's a beautiful day. A beautiful so day with a beautiful lady. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Boy, Elliot, I missed a great interview. I wish what? I was in L.A. with you. You know, and I miss Canton. Next time. When we come back, we're going to have on former American League president and former New York Yankee, Dr. Bobby Brown. Stay tuned.